0: Welcome to Into the Fire, a Burning Coal Theater Company podcast series.
1: Hi, I'm Jerome Davis, I'm the Artistic Director of Burning Coal Theater Company, and I'd like to welcome everyone to Into the Fire, the Burning Coal Theater Company podcast series on all things theatrical. As we begin our 21-22 season, our 25th anniversary season here in Raleigh, we're going to be opening with a Lauren Gunderson play called I and You, which we're very excited about. It's a beautiful two-character play about two young people, who um, meet cute, uh, I think think's the phrase, uh, and um, uh, and uh, a lot of interesting things happen from there. Um, so uh, today to talk with us about that and uh, more uh, importantly to talk about her work in the theater is Erin Morales. Erin, welcome and thank you for joining us.
0: Yes, thank you for having me.
1: It's my pleasure entirely. Uh, Aaron. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, how did you get started uh, in uh, theater? Where are you from originally? All those things. Uh...
0: Yeah, so uh, born and raised in the Raleigh area, so always been a local. And actually, for most of my life, I thought I was going to go to like the medical school route. And then my dad And my stepmom, they met because they were community theater actors and I got to see some of their shows and I really loved them, but was not about the spotlight. And (laughs) so my dad was like, well, your high school has a technical theater program. You should try it out. And I tried it my second semester of my first year of high school and was just in the paint world Um, ever since and then I on a whim decided to apply to um, UNCSA in Winston-Salem and got in and after my first year transferred to scene design and I guess the rest is history
1: very nice Uh, and your high school was
0: Uh, Wake Forest high school
1: Ah, very good. They had a, a technical theater emphasis there. I didn't realize that. That's really great. Uh,
0: mm-hmm, yeah, one of the few ones that actually had like a specific technical theater program. So I was very lucky for that.
1: I know uh, INLO uh, has one, the Arts uh, Magnet School, but I, I was not aware they existed outside of INLO. So that's, that's really fantastic. Um, and then uh, having gone to the School of the Arts uh, in Winston-Salem, you have now graduated from there, I believe.
0: Yep, I graduated uh, this past May, so.
1: What was it like there? there that, that's one of the most renowned uh, theater programs in, in the country, if not the world. Uh, what was that like for a young person um, wading into the world of professional theater for the first time?
0: Well, to be honest, it's hard. Uh, it's a lot of work, um, but absolutely amazing opportunities and the curriculum just really helps you deep dive immediately into your art and your concentration and um, I mean I've definitely a work hard play hard kind of environment I've I've cried I've ju- all all kinds of things but really at the furniture yeah <laughs> at the end of the day I look back on it and it was they were just amazing people and amazing opportunities and so grateful for being able to go to the school there and for the students and teachers that were there with me
1: so you started out in the paint shop uh, you were going to be a scenic charge i guess uh, and then you switched over to scene design what how did that happen what what led you that way
0: well so in my high school program we didn't, the teacher mainly designed the sets. And if if you became interested in something like that, like he would totally be down to have you um, do that, but it wasn't super common. So I didn't have a lot of exposure to scenic design in high school. But after I got into uh, UNCSA, I got to design my, like the senior show and the last show my senior year and was really interested in it. So I had been talking to the faculty even before my first day of school at Mm -hmm. UNCSA um, and kind of decided to wait things out because the first year was very much like your gen ed kind of arts classes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my second year i just decided that that was where i want to be i i want to be part of the the beginning ideas and the and this kind of creation of of the the sets from from Mm -hmm. just talking in the beginning um and so my second year i i transferred uh or you know switched over Mm -hmm. um like like the first day of my second year. Um, But I stayed close with the, the scenic painting program. I actually did. I I was a lead painter for one of the shows that um, Howard Jones actually designed. It was his kind of last year. Um, And then the following year I was a paint charge for a show called Luna Gale. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I definitely, stayed close with the paint program, even though I was now a scenic designer. Um, and I'm, again, very thankful for my teachers being able to recognize that that was something that I wanted and giving me those opportunities to be able to do both.
1: And, um, and so um, when you're at the School of the Arts and you're designing sets, you, you design sets sort of theoretically uh, for productions that will never happen but you also design sets for productions that happen there at the School of the Arts. And those productions are directed by directing students. Is that correct?
0: So most of the productions at the school, there are teachers that direct them, Mm -hmm. but there is a path in the School of Acting that students can decide to go towards um, directing. There's just, we're a very small school, so there's usually not a ton of directors. I know one year there were like two, and so they were student directors, and the their third year they kind of um, assist or shadow these things, and then their fourth year they direct one of the main stages, and you, we get to work with them in that way. So there is the kind of a mix of working with more like seasoned faculty and more newer kind of um, student directors, which is super cool also.
1: Yeah. That's really nice. Did you have a chance to work with uh, one of the student directors?
0: So no, I actually, my productions that I designed were very alternative, I guess you could say mm-hmm. um, my two productions that I got to design. My third year I designed um, a piece called Soundscape and that actually was just in the between the school of design and production. There were no actors for it and it was kind of an installation um, immersive kind of soundscape experience um, that we installed down at the Stevens Center in the lobby. And then my fourth year I designed or I was a co-designer Um, with one of my classmates, Melissa Smith, and um, we designed the spring devised piece. So a very alternative process um, and very involved. And so it's actually very exciting because this show, I & You is gonna be one of the first traditional kind of theater plays That becomes fully realized that I've been a part of because I've been a part of these very different processes. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Where you could go kind of in any direction, I would think, and with a with a more traditional play like I knew there is there is a frame and you can work within that frame, but you do more or less have to stick within that frame. So I I get that. Before we go on to I and you, I just wanna ask you one other question about your education, because you've had just come out of this experience, rather extraordinary experience. Um, This is a rather broad question, but what do you know now about design that you didn't know when you went in?
0: Oh man, that is a broad question. I mean, it sounds maybe like a cop-out, but really everything, Um, because when I decided to get into theater, I mean, even to this day, I am still kind of one of those theater people that doesn't know a lot of theater besides the things that I've worked on, and I didn't have a lot of exposure to design before going to these schools. Really, everything I feel like everything that got me to where I am today was kind of chance. I just so happened to decide to try out the theater program at my school in high school, and I loved it. And then I applied to a bunch of schools for biology for college, and I had one friend that was going to UNCSA. And I was like, maybe I'll just try it just in case. And I got in and I decided to. And then you know, after my first year, I was like, maybe I should try scene design. And I just, I just went with it. And it's really been a lot of just learning to trust my instincts because I would not change anything. I'm so happy of where I am today. I don't regret any of these choices, but they were, all of them were kind of the odd one out choices for me. I had kind of built a comfortable area in my life and then just thought to dip my toes into these things or thought to just add a little bit of this and then it just altered the course of my life entirely.
1: Um,
0: And so, you know, every part of those choices was just introducing me to design for the first time. And I mean, I'm so glad that I did that because it, it gives it, it really gives me a feeling of purpose in life of being able to look at these stories that people have, you know, written and created and ideas that people have and seeing how I can put my own spin or best serve these things and add to it and make other people's voices heard in beautiful ways, as well as trying to get my own voice out there.
1: Um, Yeah, good. Well, uh, you're doing that for us uh, uh, now in our our first production of our 25th season. Uh, Again, the play is called I and You by Lauren Gunderson. It's not a particularly uh, well-known show. Did you know it before um, we approached you about this? Nope.
0: Yep.
1: Not yeah. at all. How about Lauren Gunderson? Had you heard of her work? No. Nope. <laughs> uh, Lauren, uh, Lauren has been the most produced playwright in America for three out of the last four years, uh, whose name wasn't William Shakespeare. Um, that's, a, that's a high bar to clear. But uh, other yeah. than him, the Bard, uh, um, she has been it. And one of the reasons is that she's very prolific. She seems to turn out a couple of plays a year. But she's also writing in a style that um, might be described as um, magic realism, I think is a good way of putting it. Um, Can you talk a little bit about your? um, You've been having conversations with the director, Lucy Jane Atkinson. About the play, how does that ha- how does that start out? Do you does she tell you what she wants, or do you tell her what you think should be there? How do you start the conversation with a director of, of Miss Atkinson's uh, stature?
0: Um, I mean, really, it's just you know we of course we both read the play before we go in and talk, but I think it's wonderful because we both go in wanting to hear what the other person has to say. And so my first question is always, do you have anything that you're picturing already? And sometimes directors do, and sometimes they don't. And I, you know, I don't rely on them too, and I don't hope that they don't so that it's all on me. Um, But just having this conversation of hearing where they're coming from and then sharing my first thoughts or the moments that spoke the most to me when I first read it. And that really just kind of kicks off the conversation entirely. Um, because a lot of times when you read a play, there are so many different directions that you can go in and, and pieces or elements of the play that you can really hone in on. Um, and being able to hear both sides helps you kind of find that middle ground where, where, where the magic does happen. And we've definitely in our conversations had a lot of talk of this magic because there definitely is some magic to this play.
1: Uh, When you're, when you're talking with a director, um, what are, what are the boundaries that you're, that you're pushing against? Um, Do you, um, do you feel like you can imagine anything and then, try to make it happen or uh, how, how do you, or do you have limits uh, when you're, when you're imagining a show?
0: Um, I, I don't feel like I have limits. I definitely would say I have a comfort zone. And for me, my comfort zone is, is big and abstract and, you know, um, it, uh, focusing on emotions and themes. Um, and that's been something exciting about this show because this show really calls for some realism, which is not my everyday, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't stop me. And I don't like want to fight it. Um, I, I want to see how I can sprinkle my own thing into it in, in the ways that best serve that. And so... I I love when a director comes in and, and is just talking big, crazy stuff that you're like, this doesn't make any sense. How can this work? It defies the laws of physics because you start to have these conversations where you break down, this is what you want to happen, but why is it? What are we trying to say here? And then you start to go down these paths of all the different ways we can say that thing, whether it is the idea that they first presented or something else. And I think, you know, when I first think of things and am I'm first imagining a show, hearing what the director is imagining, but then breaking it down to why they want to imagine it that way mm-hmm. really helps me because it gets me out of my own head. And and I just love having conversations and these collaborations to, to, oh. Sorry,
1: It breaks your uh, own thinking process yes, if you're exactly. introducing someone else's thoughts. Exactly, so and
0: introduces things I could have never thought of before.
1: And um, it's, it's rare to find uh, designers that, that are flexible like that. So many of them want to give you uh, a, a picture and say, here it is. And so I'm, I'm pleased to hear that you and Lucy are having productive conversations about that. There's a, there's a very famous uh, story that you may not have heard of, um, and I've probably told it on this podcast before, but if you don't mind indulging uh, me, um, uh, Please the, do. the writer uh, Peter Schaffer took his first big play uh, called The Royal Hunt of the Sun to the, the then-new National Theatre in London, and uh, Peter Hall was running the company, and he gave Peter Hall the script, and Peter read it and then set up a meeting with the playwright. And, and there's a stage direction in the Royal Hunt of the Sun that says they cross the Andes. And um, Schaffer walked in and said, uh, Peter, uh, if you want, I can change that to be something e- more easy to produce. And Peter Hall said, if you take that out, I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I thought, what a great artistic director he must have been to have that that uh, idea. Um, when you uh, when you look at uh, I and you, um, you talked about themes. Uh, do, do, does what a play is about matter to you as as an artist?
0: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I every time that I read a script. I, you know, will highlight things relating to props and all of those logistical things, but I will also take colors and highlight anything that feels repet- like repetition throughout, because mm-hmm. clearly there's something that the playwright is trying to say with that, as well as any lines that just speak to me, whether I know why they're speaking to me or not, I highlight them and I go back and I make a list of all these things and try and figure out these these themes that are coming up and, and getting down to the core because I'm definitely not like a surface level designer. I like to kind of dig down as far as I can and find ways to expose these themes or emotions or messages
1: mm-hmm.
0: in, in ways to really capture the audience. And hopefully when they are experiencing the show just like those lines that I read spoke to me whether I knew why or not immediately, there is something that grabs them that they may not be able to process immediately why it does, but it 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 causes people to leave a show not just being like, that was a good show. Leave mm-hmm. a show being like, I just can't stop thinking about this, and really taking the show and bringing it into their own lives, and I think that's a beautiful thing with
1: Theater. Um, it makes sense if, if a picture is worth a thousand words, then the image that an audience sits with for an hour or two um, would would have to have an impact on them um, it just uh, naturally, you know, and so making sure those images that they see uh, are um, not just serviceable, but uh, but germane to the storytelling, it seems Seems like an obvious uh, thing. Um, in in I and you, um, there is a a very large um, reveal in the play. You're smiling broadly uh, for those who can't see you right now, um, and. Um, the, the reveal is kind of, um, I mean, I think of the old uh, short story writer O. Henry, you know, who used to write like The Gift of the Magi it was one of O. Henry's stories. And th- at the end of it, there's a big change that you don't see coming until the last second. Um, and in this case, that change is very significantly indebted to the scenic design. So without uh, spoilers, can you uh, talk a little bit about how you approached that moment?
0: Yeah. So I, this was a very exciting challenge. I also believe that this is the first time I've ever designed in the thrust space, which just adds more of an exciting challenge and figuring out how to be able to make a large transition happen without having a lot of innate fly space or masking or like backstage space kinds of things, as well as knowing that the director really wants stage hands to not be seen. Mm-hmm. And so finding a way to make a large transition that either the actors can do on their own or any other things that have to happen are pretty much invisible to the audience has been so interesting. I've really gone down a rabbit hole of just finding as many like videos of intense scene changes that have been done before in theater and, and just growing my knowledge of those kinds of things because I am used to and comfortable with designing a unit set that nothing happens to. And, you know, this one almost is a unit set, except, you know, then it's not. not. Um, And so it's just it's been really fascinating and and has given me an opportunity to learn a lot and grow a lot and just expand my design repertoire um, to be able to try and accomplish this breathtaking transition in, in the most seamless and magical way that we can.
1: I saw in your design portfolio, uh, the images you, you had a photograph from wild uh, Mike Bartlett's play wild at the um, Hampstead theater in London. Did you look at that? That, that has a, a reveal like uh, may, maybe even crazier than this one. Did you, did you look at that film or, uh,
0: I had seen pictures of it and and spent a short time looking for um, more stuff about it and was having a really difficult time with it. And so I I read a lot about it and I am still fascinated to see if I can watch that transition happen, because hearing the description of it, I'm like, I I can't understand how that how that works. Like, I can understand how part of it works and then everything goes sideways like, for those
1: uh, for those not literally. not familiar with wild by mike bartlett uh, at the end of the play the character uh the, the world of the play literally turns upside down um and what what you feel like as you're watching and they live streamed it um when it first opened and so i watched it on my phone which was a strange experience but you literally have this sense of uh, being unmoored uh, to to the seat you're sitting in or in my case the the uh, couch i was sitting on and um, and it was an extraordinary achievement, really. I, I would love to have been able to be in the theater when that happened. Um, but anyway, that's uh, that's one example. And I and you, not perhaps coincidentally, uh, premiered at the or in England, at least premiered at the same theater at the Hampstead theater so they're making a name for themselves as a small theater that they're able to accomplish uh, extraordinary things um, Aaron what's uh, what's next for you what do you uh, what do you hope to do in the next uh, say five years of your life uh, uh, what's what are you aiming for
0: Oof, that is a big it's a big question um, I I definitely am the type of person that I my biggest thing and part of why I decided to go into scenic design is I want to travel the world. I want to see everything. I want to just experience the world. And so I don't think I have a clear path for what I want my career trajectory to be because I want to keep my, my options open and, and take whatever I can. Mm -hmm. I do know that um, the middle of February we'll be opening a show Called Ophelia Cho- chooses at the Z Theater in Virginia Beach, so mm-hmm. that's kind of my next thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but really, just wanting to explore and and grow my connections in the theater industry and the artistic community as well, um, because installation art is just a a thing that is so close to my heart and something that I want to become more involved in, and and just take any and every opportunity that I can and just go with it and see where I end up and where it takes me. Because I think that's a lot more fun than planning out my whole, my whole path is yeah. I, I, if I, if I don't, and I just keep my, my mind open to opportunities, I can end up somewhere that I never could have imagined.
1: Right. Again, uh, pushing yourself beyond the the boundaries. Uh, Well, you and I should talk about this installation idea because that's something I've long thought I wanted to maybe do at our theater. Um, So maybe we we can have an offline conversation about that sometime. Um,
0: Oh, for sure.
1: Aaron uh, Morales, I look forward to uh, seeing your work on I and You. Um, the show, show starts uh, rehearsals tonight. Uh, this is uh, We're recording this on the 14th of September, and uh, we open the show on October 7th at Burning Coal Theater. It is possible to view it via live stream, but we're also going to be selling uh, seats uh, distanced um, and um masked for the audience. Uh, um, and we are requiring uh, vaccines or um, tests within uh, 72 hours of the performance. So we hope that that encompasses everyone and will allow everyone to come to see this very, very beautiful play. Uh, I, I heard about it first um, a couple of years ago when it was done at a apparently a high school play festival. And I asked the Man who was at that time running the State Arts Council's theater division. And I said, uh, Was it good? And he said, Well, let me put it this way about uh, 600 high school kids with tears streaming down their faces is not something you see every day of your life. And I thought, Oh, okay, I, I need to read this one. That and I'm really cool. glad I did. Yeah. So, um, We're hoping young people will come and see it, uh, and I think they'll like it if they do. Uh, Aaron, thank you. Uh, uh, Best wishes on all things going forward, and uh, we will talk to you soon.
0: Thank you for listening. Our production of I and You will run from October 7th through October 24th. For tickets and information, visit us at burningcoal.org, or give us a call at 919 834 4001. Burning Cole's production of INU is sponsored by The Classical Station. Listen at 89.7 FM or online at theclassicalstation.org.